The following podcast contains assloads of spoilers. We here at Two Nerdskies in a Podcast are firm believers in preserving all the surprises of a genuine film viewing experience. And Bruce Willis was a ghost the whole time. Alright, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Whoa. Oh my god, I smell shenanigan! I have no idea what's going on, but I am excited! Yeah, baby, yeah! Ever dance with the devil in the pants? Inconceivable! Cowabunga! I thought this was a party! It's two Nerdskies and a podcast with Eric and Jeff. Well, hello everybody. Pleasure to see you all again. Uh, Jeff's looking mighty fine. Um, so, we're back! Um, and we have a brand new format. Um, for those of you who know us, I'm Eric. That's, uh... I'm Jeff. How you yes. doing? <laughs> so we're trying something different. We're finally trying audio, uh, visual for a change. Something to diversify the YouTube uh, channel for. We will still be doing audio recordings as well, but now we have visuals. Uh, we might share some visual stuff here and there. See what happens. Um, oh yeah, and if you uh, if you see me looking in two different directions, uh, you're gonna see cutbacks between this and the uh, uh, my Sony S sixty four hundred. So uh, yeah. If it and here I am with just a regular fucking uh, webcam at 1080 or 720, whatever the fuck. Um, anyways, um, first things first before we get started, where the hell have we been? Um, I'll make this sh- very brief. Long story short, um, Jeff wanted to go to pursue some projects of his own. I was like, go for it, dude. Absolutely. And I was all set to like continue doing the show without him, but and Jeff would just come back and like guest appearances, but um ultimately i decided that's this show really isn't the same without jeff and so we decided to just go and just take a break and i've actually been working on my own personal projects i've actually um i'm an editor now for a small youtube channel uh called philosophy of gaming you guys check it out i'll leave it in the description below of course um really cool stuff marshall and sean those guys uh really really insightful in video games i think you guys will really enjoy their content so um anyways we're back officially and hopefully here to stay <laughs> fingers crossed um i know i will say though jeff your background looks a lot better than mine i actually look like an apartment and you well i don't know whatever the fuck you looks <laughs> <laughs> and then there's toby mcguire like in the background just like now chew on is it now chew on this now dig on this. Fuck. I did it again. Anyways, that is actually, well, as you can see by Jeff's background and my t-shirt, we're finally here to talk about our favorite superhero character, at least from Marvel on my end, Spider-Man. Known all around the world as one of the greatest superheroes of all time. Um, it's, uh, it's him, Superman, and Batman. Those are usually the top three. Um... And he's really been a real big cultural influence for a lot of us. Um, I know I definitely have my history with Spider-Man. Like, 
I can I grew up with watching the '90s animated series. I've seen the other animated series, like Spectacular Spider-Man. I think is incredible. Um, I played the games. Obviously, Spider-Man uh, for the PS4 is fantastic. Um, don't forget Spider-Man Two and Spider-Man the movie game based off the first movie, and of course the movies. Now, here's something I I would like to briefly mention is that I pretty much remember, I don't remember all of my movie going experiences, but I always will remember my Spider-Man movie going experiences. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was, uh, it was one of those event movies that you just had to be there to really understand what a big fucking deal these movies were well especially the raimi trilogy because those were you have to think about superhero movies weren't really big at the time so you had i mean obviously you had blade um and then you had x-men prior to that you had all the batman movies and the superman movies um but once spider-man hit the big screen it was like a whole new ball game had started um I remember going to see Spider-Man one in theaters opening day, and I vaguely and I distinctively remember someone face painted their face to look like the Spider-Man mask. <gasps> what can I say? It was great. It was amazing. Um, pun intended. Yeah, I definitely um, Spider-Man one. Uh, that was actually the first superhero movie I ever saw. You know, I I didn't grow up reading comics or anything didn't really watch any uh, superhero animated uh, shows or anything but something about I remember seeing the uh, the commercials on TV and just thinking wow this looks really freaking cool and god yeah I will never forget uh, seeing uh, seeing Spider-Man for the first time on the big screen in 2002 that um, you know I got the, I got the toys I got uh, got the PS2 game which is still a lot of fun same here same here and yeah it's it was it was just an event and the uh the hype for the the rest of the uh for a spider-man 2 and 3 were off the fucking charts like i remember all the times i would discuss among my friends you know we were we, we would just speculate about what uh about what was going to happen next and then uh I think that's how I discovered, uh, you know, before the movies came out, uh, that's how I discovered characters like uh, Dr. Octopus and Venom, because I I never heard of these fu- fucking characters. Venom, 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 Venom. Sorry. <laughs> Reflex there. Um, I, I don't but know, no, I don't, Jeff is I don't right. Know what that was. <laughs> Jeff is right, though. Like, you have, to, you have to understand, Spider-Man was huge. Like, it was such... I said, as I said earlier, it was such a game changer for comic book movies in general that um, you don't get, you don't really get the MCU without Spider-Man. I mean, arguably, you don't get it without Blade, to be fair, or the X-Men. But the truth of the matter is, Spider-Man really paved the way for what superhero movies could really become. Um, I mean, and honestly, like not only that, you know, when, uh, you know, when movies like you know infinity war and endgame come out you know it's it's undeniably these giant spectacle events but and uh you know with the superhero genre being in my opinion 
over fucking saturated to an unbearable degree. The uh, the OG yeah. uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies kind of, you know, for the you know for the newer generations who weren't around when those came out, you know, those just kind of blend in, in with the crowd with all the other superhero movies, and that's why I I reemphasize, you really just had to be there. It's true, you really did. So then, after the Raimi movies. Um, after unfortunately spider-man 4 was canceled because there were supposed to be four sony decided they Fuck wanted you, like, to change <laughs> anyways they decided to change up the game um sam raimi based well basically sam raimi the director of all three of those movies um just parted because um obviously sony wanted to go a different way and sam actually had integrity um so they decided to do a new spider-man and that's where we get andrew garfield now Tommy McGuire is is phenomenal uh, as Spider Man and as Peter Parker. He is everyone's OG's favorite. He oh, is boy, definitely yeah. he's he's basically Marvel's. I mean, if Iron Man, if Robert Downey Jr. is synonymous with Iron Man, then everyone's gonna remember Toby for Spider Man, and same thing with like Christopher Reeve with Superman. So then you have a new guy come in, Andrew Garfield, and. The movies, his two movies, arguably are not the best Spider-Man movies, but a big reason to go back to them is because Andrew Garfield is basically Spider-Man. Like, he is born for this role. Like, he really, truly, like, embodies Spider-Man in a way that Toby really could not do. Andrew got fucked over, man. He truly did, which is a shame. And so much so to the point that, like, Sony lost all interest after Spider-Man, after Amazing Spider-Man. Like, Amazing Spider-Man made money, but unfortunately, the negative reception was just so bad. So then, literally a year after the movie was released, it was announced that Sony and Marvel were going to team up to bring Spider-Man into the MCU. I mean, that deal, then, only, that deal only ended up happening because of the giant Sony, uh, Sony leak. That, uh, right, I forgot about that. And so I think they were... It was just uh, at negotiations at that point, but you know when all that information leaked, that kind of pushed them over the edge, and they kind of said, "Well, shit, I guess we have to do this now." Yeah, it's very true. But you know, for for what it's worth, I mean, I like Tom. Tom Holland is great as Spider Man and Peter. Like he's kind of like a perfect kind of balance of both. Like Toby really embodies Peter Parker. Andrew Garfield really embodies Spider-Man. Tom is usually considered the best balance of the two personalities and personas. The problem is is the MCU Spider-Man movies up to that point, so Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, Spider-Man Far From Home. We're, get, we're getting into No Way Home, but those two movies, definitely better than the Amazing Spider-Man movies. But there was something lacking. Like, it didn't feel like Spider-Man. Like, you're watching more... Because, um, as you, as everyone knows, he was first introduced in Captain America Civil War. It's basically a glorified cameo. cameo. And basically, he's being raised to be Tony Stark's, like, protege. So, Iron, Iron Man or Iron Boy 2.0 or whatnot. But, what happens is, after Far From Home... Sony and Marvel 
have a bit of a disagreement. And so it looks like Tom is not going to have a a third outing. And then they eventually reach a agreement to at least do one more film. And uh, that's how No Way Home gets into it. So let's get into Home No Way Home then as a result. Let's start more with... So it's funny that... I So I was actually driving back from work today and I was thinking about how like I remember when we talked to Reese during that fantastic special with him, how like I remember we were talking about all the news and I remember exact... I remember almost word for word what you said, Jeff, which was like... Yeah, what the fuck is going on with this movie? Because it's almost like every week we heard something new was happening. Like we heard like jokes like Batman was gonna show up, that like uh, <laughs> that like the Ninja Turtles were gonna show up. Obviously, all fake, but like the news around this was just so incredible. Like, what the hell were they gonna do? And obviously, this was when COVID had just started too. So who knows? But as as trailers got as. Um, leaks and stuff came out. It became true that it looked like it looked like we were gonna get something special because it looked like we got Alfred Molina from Spider-Man Two as Doc Ock back. Willem Dafoe was coming back. Actually, the first confirmed casting uh, was Jamie Foxx as Electro, and we were like, "How's this gonna work?" And it was definitely interesting to say the least how it happened. So um, finally. Finally, all all the trailers come out. Everything's all cryptic and stuff or whatnot, except for we know that Spider-Man, as we know at the end of Far From Home, his uh, identity is outed, and of course we get to um, we get. To... I could have written my memoir faster than you're giving this entire description. <laughs> the point is, is basically his identity is outed, and like Peter wants to try and find a way to like keep out of the spotlight, and then all of a sudden, like all these villains start showing up out of nowhere. And you're like wondering what's going on. That's the best way I can summarize this. So, anyways, um, so, so anyways, go ahead. I have the talking pillow now. <laughs> so, the MCU Spider-Man movies were some of the most forgettable movie-going experiences I've I've uh, kind of sat through. I don't dislike either of them. Uh, but they're just like, I would say 65 to 70% of the MCU movies for me. It's just so in one ear and out the other. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm reasonably entertained while I'm watching it, but it just leaves no impact whatsoever. And I basically forget the whole movie, the moment the credit, the, 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 the credits start rolling. So when this movie was announced, I... Yeah, I just thought, whatever, it's another Spider-Man movie. It was going to happen. But, yeah, once all those casting announcements started coming, I was definitely curious. But at the same time, I... Like, I I heard a bunch of crazy rumors and everything, but I kind of didn't want to give them the benefit of the doubt because, in all honesty, I've seen a lot of uh, favorite characters come back in movies recently and not be well represented and i did not want that to happen to my beloved raimi trilogy and and so i thought like yeah it'll it'll be cool fan service but you know it it's probably just gonna be like overbearing mcu humor nonstop, and 
they're gonna pull some shit that's gonna take away from the weight of the events of the first three movies or they're gonna retcon or the character or maybe they'll act out of character in some way to crack a stupid joke like like they've been guilty of in the past and so I just wasn't really excited going in um and when uh when it was basically, uh, you know, it was the worst kept secret. Let's be honest. That uh, Toby and Andrew were gonna show up. Even then, I really I was just expecting like a five minute cameo, uh, that they walk through a portal during the climax, and you know, just do like a like a mini, like a smaller scale version of what happened like during the final battle of Endgame, and just they show up, they say a few lines, and they they piss off essentially and and even if they even if that wasn't the case you know would would they give a shit yeah you know would they actually treat this as you know as a very special occasion or would they just clear as day give the impression that they just walked in put the costume on, took their check, and, you know, and went home. And, well, that certainly wasn't the case. And I am, uh, I'm very glad that I was dead-ass wrong on this movie. Well, that was the thing, wasn't it? I wanted to quickly kind of go back uh, just a bit to, I remember when the first trailer dropped, and I saw how, like, they were basically using nostalgia bait basically and i was kind of pissed off and i was kind of in this and i was pretty much in the same boat as you because i was like because so spoilers for movies that were like 20 years old um in all in all three of the raimi movies basically each main villain dies except for sandman um but the point is is like alfred molina's doc hawk had such a really interesting arc and i felt like for him to show up in this movie would be a disservice to that arc. Right. But the way they pull it off, I felt was actually a pretty good way to honor what he went through. And then you get to, um, and then you get, obviously you get to Norman Osborn played by Willem Dafoe. And I like what they did with his, with his portrayal. Jesus it, fucking Christ. Willem Dafoe is having the time of his life in this movie. Yes. And it is fantastic. He's chewing the shit out of the scenery oh my god he uh the moment he showed up i just had the biggest stupidest grin on my face just him riding that glider again doing that amazing cackle it it felt like no time had passed like it's hard to believe that it's been 20 years since he played that role and it just feels like no no time has passed whatsoever it's unbelievable and what I really like is how they were able to explore more of the, like Willem Dafoe, you know, as a uh, being for one an incredible actor, was able to tap in more into the like mental duality of the Goblin and was able to chew even more scenery than he did in the in the first movie, and yeah, I like I yeah before we started recording this, I just finished rewatching it and I. God, every scene he's in, he's, he's just a goddamn delight. Oh, it's funny you mention that, because like, I was listening to a fan commentary of the movie, and I'm like, it's like they basically 
both all basically Alfred and Willem were basically ripped from straight from like the 2000s and the dialogue they're saying is like 2000s dialogue um, yeah and totally. it's like it's like uh they're get they're being paid for one million dollar performances and they're giving like four million dollar performances basically they fucking steal it man like especially alfred molina and my god why do you say alfred i'm curious because i thought obviously willem was the main villain but why do you think alfred uh stole this stole the show for you i said they both stole the show oh for fuck's sake that's my fault <laughs> Shit. yeah no uh god it was it was just so surreal just the fact that this movie exists you know it's and because for one who the fuck would have ever thought that we would ever see willem dafoe come back and that we would ever see alfred molina come back and they would actually share the screen together dh too like they used the aging technology on them as well Well, i'm sure but it was like i like uh, especially on this most recent uh, rewatch, uh, it was the first time I watched it since uh, since theaters. Uh, so a lot of time is a lot of time had passed, and I I'm just kind of just sitting there, just sort of in disbelief still that wow this they actually pulled this off somehow. Like yeah, like the the mo this should not work. It this should not <laughs> fucking work because. The last Raimi Spider-Man movie was back in 2007, and Tobey Maguire is basically a producer now, and he, you know, who the hell would have ever expected him to come back, especially when Tom Holland is, you know, widely, uh, widely appreciated, and plus Andrew Garfield, you know, it's like the studio, the relationship between him and the studio went to shit. So it's like, well, that's mm-hmm. never, well, that's never gonna happen, and it's like just because uh, I I like analyzing uh, you know what what goes on behind the scenes and just the way uh, Hollywood operates, it is just unfucking real how all the pieces came together to not only make this movie a reality like the craziest fan fiction premise that you could uh that they could probably muster but find a way to rel- do a decent enough job of having an explanation for why this is all happening but also honoring all the franchises and honestly just it feels like a celebration of spider-man as a whole i definitely would agree with that a and, lot and it it breaks my goddamn heart that stanley was not alive to see this movie it really is. Um, so it's funny. So I did today. I also rewatched the movie too before hopping on as well. Um, and I was also like watching clips on YouTube um, at work because I didn't have the movie. Um, it's fu- and uh, yeah, there are all the YouTube comments I saw, especially when like all three Spider Men were on screen, were like saying like Stanley would love that all three of them are together doing this. And uh, yeah, it this movie. It's nostalgia, but it's a kind of love letter that works. It's and it's nostalgia done with the proper level of care and respect. Where it's yes, because 
I think the wrong way to do nostalgia is what Star Wars does, uh, where they basically just jingle the keys in front of you, just saying, you remember this, you remember that, but they don't have a strong foundation as a backbone, you know, to where it feels like they're just relying on relying on the past, but mm-hmm. they're not doing a good job of telling a good story on its own, creating its own identity, justifying its own existence. And so the fan service just feels desperate and sad. But this tells a tells a good story. It's actually this is the first time I've actually liked Tom Holland as Peter Parker in Spider-Man. Like, I didn't have a problem with him. I just thought he was, like, serviceably generic. And mm-hmm. it, it might have just been... I've been... Like, I at that point, I've seen three actors portray the same character in a span of, like, less than 15 years. So I just kind of was just like, whatever. And since both movies just left no impression on me whatsoever... Uh, and it just felt like very soft and fluffy and uh i don't know it just never could get on board and a lot of it was it uh like i didn't like that he had all the all the techs and the gadgets i didn't like the fact that he didn't go through a great tragedy and because that you know the great personal tragedy is what is what establishes his Spider-Man's moral foundation, you know, with yeah. great with great power comes great responsibility, and we didn't see those in the first two movies, and so I just thought they were bypassing all that, and that's what always felt what I always felt was missing, and going uh, and so it pretty much fixed a majority of my complaints. I don't think it'll. Like I don't, I don't think it's still it's gonna make me go back and just think like wow like these movies were actually hidden masterpieces and now they're they're my favorite thing ever like I don't know maybe I'll maybe I'll like the first two movies better but I can at least look back on a Tom Holland and officially uh, officially get get behind him as Spider Man and Peter Parker well pretty much pretty much what I liked a lot about it was that um, it was basically honoring a lot of everything that uh, had come before Um, a lot of like the just the interactions with like all the all the past characters like it was great to see Jamie Foxx come back I liked that he that they did something different with his character for sure that they did they, they did in a way where it felt more like like not a total embarrassment no any and like so i read that like jamie like um took inspiration from actually one of his characters um his character from baby driver so that's why if you remember amazing spider-man 2 max dylan in that movie is kind of just a dweeb or whatnot becomes a complete paranoid like freak um when he becomes electro and then in this movie he's obviously like more of like a more chill almost laid back kind of like villain who's just gonna who like when we meet him event eventually after he gets his body back he's like you're just gonna stand there and act like I ain't butt ass naked that sort of shit and then thomas hayden church um it's unfortunate that he and 
Reese Ifans, I think. Um, both came back only in CGI form for the characters. But the fact that we got to see at it, least Thomas Hayden Church in a movie again was great. It it sounds like he recorded his lines in, in a day. Like it. <laughs> so I was giving my uh, my praises to you know Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina. You know all of them giving it their their all. Thomas Hayden Church didn't sound like he gave a shit. <laughs> I mean, it Peter, sounds like it's me, Flint Marco. Remember? Like, oh god, dude, god. Like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that they, that they pulled this shit. But the fact they reused a shot from Spider-Man Three and just yeah. changed, changed the background. Like, that, that just tells me that you got him for an afternoon and put him in a recording studio to quickly record his dialogue i guarantee he was not on set for a fucking day and well they did that with reese Fons too with his footage if i'm not mistaken that's just recycled footage from amazing spider-man one yeah and it, and i don't know if it's uh i mean because it was kind of uh i don't know if y'all heard about the uh little controversy that from uh effects artists who uh you know who were working with uh with marvel how they basically are just worked to the bone to meet those deadlines that are yeah. that they deem completely unrealistic and i i wonder if uh if maybe they were actually on set but they didn't have time to finish the effects so they just said fuck it and just mm-hmm. grab those those old footage because it was right there yeah it's very true. Like a lot of that, a lot of it is there. That's my little. It's very apparent theory. on screen that they are not there, but you know what? Fuck it. They're they're there. You know. Yeah, and and, it's, and so it's like so. I'm also just yeah, like well, eh, we'll we'll talk about a certain bully a little later. <laughs> well, what's what I what you know what I what I really would like to talk about really is like some of the changes they made. Um, so. What I want to bring, what I wanted to bring up real quick, are like, so obviously, Peter Parker finally in this movie has a tragedy that brings him down to, um, more the level of Spider-Man we know. So by the way, universe, props to Tom Holland for his acting in that scene. Jesus Christ, that kid is a talented actor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is a very very powerful performance. Um, so basically, Aunt May dies in this movie. That's right. Um, Marissa Tomei's character is the one who dies. But before she dies, she's the one to deliver the classic line, with great power comes great responsibility. Actually, she says, you have a gift. You have power. And with great power, there must also come great responsibility, which I actually think is what is actually said originally in Amazing Fantasy number fifteen, um, uh, and like a in ca- like a caption or whatnot. Not actually said by Uncle Ben, but it's a lesson learned. But basically, um, I remember a lot of people definitely loved that the line finally showed up. But I know there are definitely people who felt that why did Aunt May deliver that line? Why was she the one to del- deliver it? Because it's someone associate because it's usually a line associated with Uncle Ben. Um, they, I was okay with it. Did they ever establish if Uncle Ben was even a thing in this universe? So he has Uncle Ben's suitcase 
in Far From Home. Those are his initials. B F P. Benjamin Franklin Parker. So they pretty much were too lazy to <laughs> give an explanation. Got it. Yeah, unfortunately so. But you know what? It, it it's all right because in the end, um, in the end, it, it doesn't really matter at that point because we've seen Uncle Ben die how many times now by this point? So it's probably a ref- let's be honest, it's a refresher at this point. Um, but you know what I you know here's something I, I really appreciate is that. I remember Kevin Fahey say that um, Peter Parker really became Spider-Man in Homecoming when he has to lift the rubble up. Bullshit. Green Goblin turned him into Spider-Man at this point. Because if you really think about it, Green uh, Goblin basically um, kills Aunt May and is basically pushing Peter to become a not a better hero, but basically trying to push him over the edge so that when their final fight comes, he's going to be like, now you can really fight me, boy. That sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> yes, that is my uh, Willem Dafoe voice. But that scene is really impactful because it really shows just how much the goblin has gotten, gotten under Peter's skin at that point. And so it's, I like how that goes from like that shot in the rain where Peter's just looking at that. That is a screen of, gorgeous shot. Holy shit. It is indeed. And it it shows it basically shows Peter just losing all hope and inhibition as like uh, Alex Jones. I'm sorry, J. Jonah Jameson basically is. <laughs> let's be honest, J. Jonah Jameson in the MCU is basically Alex Jones. Um, but yeah, he's basically like just shitting on him the entire time. And then we cut to uh, Ned and um, MJ. By the way, so Zendaya. And Jacob Batalon, um, I liked them in the first two movies. They were all right. They have a better shining chance in this movie, especially Zendaya, because I didn't really give a crap about her in the I first could, two. I couldn't stand her in the first two movies, if I'm being honest. And and like I said, like this movie fixing a lot of my complaints, this is the first time I've actually given a shit about the, the relationship. She didn't feel like a creep this time around. She she actually felt like a proper kind of like character or person. She yeah, didn't, no, she, she wasn't real all awkward all over the place. So she she had like one personality trait in the first two movies, just deadpan quirky. Yeah, and it's like okay, but it's like after a while, it gets pretty fucking grating when that's the uh that's all she's there to do um i mean i haven't really seen zendaya in much of anything else uh so i mean like she let's be honest she didn't do anything in dune yet so we'll see see i haven't seen dune um so don't say too much really you haven't no you haven't seen dune yet no and it's on my hbo max how the fuck did i see dune before you Eh, it happens um (laughs) but um but what I like is that, like, um, they have that moment at, like, Ned's house, um, Ned's aunt's, or Lola's house, because, um, and they're, and by this point, so, um, long story short, Doctor Strange, uh, helped Peter, uh, with a spell to help forget everyone, um, with, help forget that Peter Parker's Spider-Man, the spell's botched, and, um, now, and, uh, for some, for some, uh, 
reasons. Uh, Ned gets the Doctor Strange's uh, spell ring. So like he's like, I wish we could just see him. And then he flickers. He he says that, and it flick something flickers, and then he can open a portal. And the first thing you see is like it looks like Spider Man, but then when you see that Spider Man get closer, then you're like, by the way. Um, okay, we'll get to that. But but then you see that Spider Man run up. He jumps out, and yeah, this guy, this Peter's a little bit more buffer. And then you hear like, and then you see him like obviously. <laughs> Lola screams and he's like, "Sorry, I'm. It's okay. It's okay. I'm a nice guy." He takes off the mask. Andrew Garfield. The so I I unfortunately I I did have tickets to see this opening night, but I I had a I had to go out of town for uh, for work, but so I unfortunately had to give my ticket up. So I saw it a couple days after. But as someone who was there opening night. Can you describe the crowd reaction for um, the scene? It was like, it was like, I'll, I'll basically put it this way: it was, uh, whoa, whoa, no way, whoa, whoa, oh, 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 oh! <laughs> um, yep. Anyone who's anyone who watches this, uh, basically, I'm just gonna like meme the shit out of myself, basically, at this point. Um, Honestly, it, it's a blast watching uh, theater reaction videos during that. So, yes, absolutely. And then, so what? here's something I wanted to bring about Andrew real quick. So, at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2, after Gwen dies, spoilers for that movie, yes, Gwen Stacy dies. Um, after Gwen dies, basically, Peter has lost all hope. And he really, um, really has no way to move on. And then he watches... Gwen's graduation speech and it inspires him to be the hope for New York all over again and fight a giant rhinoceros fucking machine. I am the rhino. Uh, yeah, Paul Giamatti was a mistake as the rhino. Um, so at this point, Tom. So we're gonna go by just actor names. So Tom is at his lowest point. He has no hope. Who better to introduce first than the one to inspire hope? Andrews Peter, and then. I just love the interaction between him and Zendaya. He's like, prove it. Prove what? Prove that you're the real Peter Parker. Prove that you're Peter Parker. I don't carry an ID with me, you know? Kind of you know, like takes away, kind of like uh, defeats the whole purpose of the secret identity thing. And then like she just throws bread at him. <laughs> you're, you're a very mistrusting person. <laughs> and I love how he just simply like just hops onto the, hop onto the ceiling and just hangs from his hand. <laughs> And then, like, they ask him to just grab a, uh, a cobweb, and he's like, okay. And I love, and, like, okay, let me tell you. This and by, and by the way, Ned says, we just got to keep going until we find the real Spider-Man. And who shows up next? <laughs> Bully. Maguire. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. You, okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I cannot fucking believe. It's like I... I expected him to be in it. Mm -hmm. And I... I didn't expect to enjoy the movie very much. And just thought, you know, oh, like, it'll be a cool in-the-moment thing. But, man, when he stepped through that portal, it just... It felt like... I don't think I've seen Tobey Maguire in uh, like on the on the big screen since Spider-Man Three. 
Yeah. Um, and so, well, it, I it mean, was, I saw him in the Great Gatsby, but I didn't. That's see besides it. the point. Yeah. And it was so fucking surreal. It felt like seeing an old friend and just stopping by to say, "What's up?" And man, because honestly. If there was someone who was going to half-ass it, I thought it would be Toby. Because I don't know... He's like a very private person. And I wasn't sure how fondly he looked back on his time as Spider-Man. Like, I don't know if he, you know, looked at looks at it now from a positive or, you know, somewhat burned out perspective. Where it's just like, yeah, that, that was a thing I did, but whatever. Like, like I've, I've moved on. Like, uh, like basically how Harrison Ford looks at Star Wars and right. That was not the case. Again, it felt like no time had passed and it was fucking wonderful. He was wonderful. There's great new Bully McGuire material, which is, oh God, (laughs) (laughs) you can't do that, huh? (laughs) Look at little Gobby Jr. You going to cry? Well, no, in all seriousness, because I was, so I watched some, uh, I didn't watch all of it, but, like, I watched, like, a bunch of, like, behind-the-scenes interviews of, like, the three of them talking about their experiences, and, like, Toby was, like, all in. Like, he, he was all in. It's funny, like, Andrew said that, like, if Toby wasn't going to do it, he wasn't going to come back. He was basically just waiting for Toby to say yes, and then he was, like, he was in. And so, um, by the way, um... I forgot to mention the Toby reaction. The Toby reaction. So after after Ned's no. So after like uh, after um, MJ says, yeah, you just uh, I think you should keep trying, keep trying until you find the real one. Everyone was like, oh 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 shit, oh, yeah. like oh shit, and everyone was. So one one of my favorite reactions I've seen on YouTube is basically the the audience going toby 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 and then he shows up on screen he's like yeah yeah <laughs> but it's true though like dude it's so it sucks that you weren't there for that because you it's seeing on opening night with those reactions was so incredible. oh yeah no it's it it was especially just, when like the villains showed up too it was one of those rare movie going experiences that we're probably not going to get ever again no and i would agree it's it was just one of those unifying crowd pleasing experiences where you know like what was one of the most petty fucking complaints amongst fans for the last like decade or so like like toby's the best no andrew's the best no tom's the best and everyone's just fling shit at each other and Andrew actually is the best, by the way, but I'll go into that later. His movies sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, yes, his movies are very flawed. But anyways, um, as you were saying. But in that moment, none of that shit mattered. It was just like the fact that you just have the three of them hanging out and Toby's just look, saying to Andrew, like, you are amazing. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> that shit's great, man. And it was it was just fun to see them shoot the shit. Like I, I could have just seen a whole movie like around that and I love the uh love the scene where uh 
where Toby like you know shoots shoots his web, and that's just like that came out of you. Yeah, <laughs> like you can't do like, that, huh? Yeah, and you know, just like uh, yeah, just addressing the whole organic web shooter uh, thing, which I actually, uh, which I actually uh, was surprised to learn that that was a uh, that was James Cameron's idea. Yeah, so in his original script, that was basically um, an idea that he had because um, they were going to show. I think the Sam Raimi wanted to do the actual mechanical web shooters, but. They decided it'd be cheaper if they just went with like, oh, he can just organically shoot web. Um, does it come out of your wrist or does it come out anywhere else? Uh, only, only the wrist. Um, what I want before before that happened though, one of my favorite one of my favorite lines happens from Andrew was like, "So are you gonna go into battle dressed as a cool youth pastor, or you got, or do you have your suit?" <laughs> I also I love the uh, the little moment where. Uh, you know, where Andrew's just looking, uh, you're just kind of watching from afar, uh, uh, whatever, Tom, Tom and Zendaya, uh, you know, just having, having a little, uh, couples moment and you just, you see the, he delivers, he delivers it very well with just his eyes and, you know, they, Toby and Andrew have a little moment and, you know, Toby just says, uh, you know, we, we you know, we worked it out. Me, me and MJ took a while, and because I always felt Spider-Man Three ended a little ambiguously, where you, at least like the way I I always perceived it is you don't really know if they ended up together, and just uh, just knowing that you know back in Toby's uh, Toby's universe, he uh, he got his life with with MJ and. Just that one little moment, just I don't know, made me happy. Well, that's one of the that's one of the unique parts about that is that you kind of got you got little nuggets of like what happened to them um, in exposition. Like Toby leaves it ambiguous on purpose because actually Toby wanted it to be ambiguous on purpose. Like, but going, I wanted to tra- backtrack on Andrew because actually, so my favorite scene in the entire movie is when all three of them meet on the top of Midtown High School um, at a Peter, at Tom's, like, hiding spot. <clears throat> and so, and so, um, they're basic, and so, like, Tom's basically lost all hope, and he's, like, just cannot move forward. And then, like, basically, um, Andrew and Toby are both saying, both experience, tell him, like, they, their experiences of losing Uncle, both Uncle Ben and Gwen, and how basically, uh, in short summary, uh, if I may put it bluntly, dude, and you're in every universe you live in, your life sucks. But that's but you know, you have to power through it because with great power comes great responsibility. By the way, in my theater, so every time they show that wonderful like uh, silhouette shot of Toby and Andrew on on the tower, everyone cheered as fuck. And then, uh, and then you get to, um, and then you get to where, um, Tom says, she told me with great power and then Toby finishes the line, comes great responsibility. And everyone was like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> because everyone was so happy that like Spider-Man was finally acknowledging with great power comes great responsibility. And that was such a powerful moment. 
um, at that point. And uh, I was really happy. And that was such a big crowd pleaser. Like, oh, yeah. A real big crowd pleaser. Like, this is a very big crowd pleaser movie. Like, everyone, like, this movie is designed for the crowd pleasing experience. Like, for example, the first real big crowd pleasing moment. So I'm going to backtrack on another big cameo that happened. Um, one of my favorite TV shows of all time is a superhero show called Daredevil. Which I've um, never seen. Yes, Jeff has never seen it. But Charlie Cox as Daredevil was like the one of the best casting choices to ever happen. So um, when Netflix, um, when the show was going on at the time, like there really wasn't any distinction that like, how connected are the Netflix shows to the overall MCU? Well, now we have an answer as a cane pops up in the screen and Charlie Cox sits down. Dude, my theater went ballistic when Charlie Cox. <laughs> oh, I up bet. Because everyone was so happy that Charlie Cox was officially in the MCU. Not that he wasn't in it to begin with, but now he's officially like considered part of the MCU. And a lot of people are definitely looking forward to seeing him. Uh, in future projects, especially with his new, sh- uh, new like revival series coming out for Disney Plus, that is the only thing I'm looking forward from Marvel and Disney Plus. By the way, is that show? I hope it to God it doesn't suck. But that was that was such a crowd pleasing moment because Daredevil is here to stay in the MCU. That was how that was how big it was when uh, Alfred Molina showed up like seeing the tentacle and hearing the original cue yeah. that Danny Elfman played. I, uh, uh, Danny Elfman's theme was excellent. And he's like, hello, Peter. And everyone's just like applauded when you hear the, when you hear the bouncing of the pumpkin bomb drop and you see it on screen, everyone was like, fuck yes. It was so great. Just seeing it, like seeing those pumpkin bombs again, seeing that glider, seeing that, like uh yeah like the green goblin costume from the 2002 movie not the greatest thing in the world but you know what it's it's nostalgic it's what it's the image that i always associate with the green goblin that's just that's just how it is and i love that it was able to make an appearance both as we remembered it but we also get to see willem dafoe appear how we've always kind of wanted him to appear and uh and it's like because i remember like everyone always said like god damn it willem dafoe is the perfect casting but that costume just prevents it from just being just right and he looks like a rejected power rangers villain if pretty much sense. but my god i i love what they uh i love what they did with his appearance like uh, right before uh, aunt may dies you know he just hops on the glider and he has like the the torn green jacket to, and the purple hoodie yeah, yeah it it's just ah oh, it's wonderful and yeah just uh and the fact that uh because yeah in in retrospect that uh, original green goblin design is uh kind of uh at least like with the mask because willem dafoe just has some of the greatest expressions ever and we want to see him chew the fuck out of the scenery they're also very memeable as well absolutely his facial looks and and so, also he brings well, back well here i'll let you finish all right uh and yeah the fact that we now get to see him in a fresh design where his face is always showing and we just see him how we just see him 
being so deliciously evil. And god damn it, yeah, I I can't emphasize enough how wonderful it is to see Willem Dafoe play this character again. Well, prior well, like there is like one moment. Uh, so here's another crowd pleasing moment was like when Peter was like when oh, Tom is like going yeah. like when Tom was like going like, look, our technology is advanced. I think I can help you guys with this. You know, like, I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> okay, so do you remember when? Do you? I don't remember the very first meme to pop out of that, but like, I obviously everyone sees that meme everywhere. It's a meme. It's a meme. Uh, like it deserves to be up on the meme wall of fame. So when everyone heard him say that, everyone was like, "Yeah, buddy. Oh yeah, yeah, buddy." <laughs> I firmly believe this movie would never have been made if it wasn't for memes. I think memes <laughs> made this movie possible because I mean like do you know how many memes actually show up in the movie to begin with? Well that but what kept uh like what revitalized the love around Toby Maguire? Bully Maguire. Pizza time and Bully Maguire, yeah. Yep, Bully Maguire means they always they can like all the famous ones can almost consistently racked up millions of views and they were always spread around and then that kind of got the ball rolling on you know oh what if what if they all came together and it just it kept going and going and going and uh and you know people went back and found new appreciation for Andrew Garfield's movies as well uh but sad to say Andrew Garfield is not me material because he actually like is like really good in the role, um, but we'll get we'll get into that. Um, uh, but yeah, so I I yeah I'll uh, I'll just end by saying, uh, you can thank Bully McGuire for uh, this movie existing. The biggest like meme pleaser to happen besides uh, I'm something of a scientist myself was when like Peter yeah. Oh, you mean, sorry, you mean him, and they point to each other? So that was, from what I understand, that was Andrew's idea for them to be like... They had to do point it. ...point at each other. Yeah, they had to do it. And then, obviously, and then obviously, what happens is, like, there is a official production still of them on a, on a black scale, just pointing at each other, and you're like, they fucking did the meme. That is incredible. How could they not do the meme? Like, that would be the greatest missed opportunity in internet history if... You actually had all three Spider-Men in costume together in the same frame, and you didn't do the point. It wouldn't. It would be a huge disservice. It, you had to have done. It. Everyone would have been it. pissed. And when that image, because that image didn't come out until uh, until a while after the fact, and I think at least a month or two or so. Yeah, and months. so when that finally came out, I was like. Oh shit! It's real. Oh yeah, like it was. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I would compare it to uh, like Jeff Goldblum reenacting the the sexy pose on Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> I was thinking. I was actually thinking more of like you know, it's that same Im- it's that same image of Jeff Goldblum every day doing the shh. Oh my god! I forgot about that. <laughs> One of the biggest other callbacks I really like. So, I know, I know you you've told me in the past. You know, Michael Giacchino. He's you haven't you weren't like the biggest fan of him. How did you feel about his score this time around? 
There's definitely cues in here that I I think are really fucking good, uh, but I think uh, I want to say it's like sixty percent good and forty percent just background noise. Uh, and I want to and I want to say part of that sixty percent was hearing those original cues from you know from Danny Elfman's score. Like even the uh, even the fucking uh, Sandman theme from Spider-Man Three made a uh, really? w- w- was a featured in there. Uh, yeah, just hearing uh, yeah, hearing uh, hearing Toby's theme, Doc Ock's theme, just all those great little melodies. You no matter how brief they were, just to just to hear them again in a movie like that's that's the power of music, man. Well, those weren't the those weren't the only cues that showed up. So Michael Giacchino also used cues from the Amazing Spider-Man movies. So when um, when um, Electro first shows up and you hear that dubstep like that's from that's from Hans Zimmer's theme for Electro. And then, by the, the way, I'm I'm sorry that that score is awful. <laughs> but then you get but then you hear the theme for Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, and it's, instead of Hans Zimmer's score. It's James Horner's score from the first movie, and that music, which is, arguably that music is good. Argu- well, arguably it's. I've heard I you know everyone loves Danny Elfman's score, but I think James Horner's score for the first Amazing Spider-Man movie is actually really underrated. Because um, that it feels like there's something magical about that score, and it feels it feels like it captures kind of the essence of Spider-Man at least at that time really well. Yeah, definitely. Uh... I've gone back and listened to the score, and it, it's definitely better than I remember. Uh, but yeah, I remember Amazing Spider-Man Two, especially the. I just thought the music was atrocious in that, like the uh, the whole dubstep approach with the lecture. Like I I couldn't get over that, and yeah, so I remember uh, hearing those uh, little melody subtle melodies in uh, when lecture was showing up, and I'm like, oh Jesus! I swear to God, if you start singing "It's a Bitsy Spider" again. <laughs> Well, luckily that didn't happen. <laughs> luckily, they, luckily they didn't do that. But you know, what? I I really appreciate what they did in bringing back those old cues. Especially, I mean, obviously hearing like Danny Elfman's cues were great again, but to really hear James Horner's cue being used for. By the way, R.I.P. James Horner. Absolutely, absolutely for sure. Because I think I think that was one of his last movies he did was the first Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, I think he did. Well, like. 2016 like he's no i think was it 2016 or was it 2013 was it it may have been 2014 i'm gonna look that up on the side okay but in all seriousness no like i really because i really appreciated how they brought that cue back because i mean obviously the main theme for spider-man and the amazing spider-man 2 isn't really that memorable even though it is Hans zimmer but something about james horner's score like really kind of like captures like i said that essence of that version of peter parker and arguably maybe even spider-man in general 2015 it was 2015 okay Uh, yikes too damn soon it really was um i don't know if you noticed this but they made changes to uh they made subtle changes to toby and andrew's suits especially in the mask like the web the webbing on toby's mask seems off and then the eyes are a lot bigger and different shaped on uh, andrew's mask i don't know if you noticed that a little bit yeah a little bit something i something that i was like kind of off with was that like 
it was great to see them physically in the suits, but like it would have been great to see them masked up and like because you know because they had full real practical suits when they're masked like in their movies and then in this movie it's like nope everyone's a cgi character uh um, well and also sucks. like i also didn't like uh how there was no big uh beautiful reveal shot for uh for toby in the in the costume like it it's just kind of a far away shot and it's like i don't know like i i wanted i expected just like a like a a more grandiose introduction to something like that I don't know. Well, I definitely like. I definitely like how. Remember going back to that line of like, "Are you gonna? Are you gonna dress like a cool youth pastor?" I love how like Toby just goes like, just peels back his shirt a bit. There's the red, and then he's and then they're like, uh, "What are those web cartridges for?" And he's like, "Oh, they're for my web shooters." Why? <laughs> good shit. It's good shit. But no, I actually, I actually do agree with you. I do feel like, um, I do definitely feel like there should have been a better kind of like reveal for those costumes because of just, especially you're right with Toby. Cause that was like one of the most iconic superhero movie suits ever made is Toby McGuire's Spider-Man suit. Oh yeah. Plus, you know, just for, uh, you know, like kids that were, you know, around our age in the early two thousands, you know, Toby McGuire was, was like the, it's fucking Spider-Man. That was our Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it's, you know, to see him come back, like, that's that's a big fucking deal. And It really is. And yeah. so, you know, it's him walking through the portal, like, it, it's a wonderful reveal. Um, but I don't know, like, I just, I would have liked a better uh, suit reveal shot. So, I mean, maybe they'll, maybe they'll have, like, something different in the extended cut uh, that's coming out pretty soon. But, oh, yeah, by the way... There's one thing that I think is fundamentally wrong. Okay, the, let's the, hear it. The fact that Willem Dafoe and Tobey Maguire don't even fucking acknowledge each other. That is kind of bullshit, isn't it? It is, um, especially because, especially since he, uh, you know, Toby has that little, uh, like that nice little line where he says, you know, I think I can make uh, a, a, an antidote for a doc. Uh, Dr. Osborne, I've been thinking about it a lot. And like that that little line alone, that just makes me think, man, maybe he feels like he didn't do enough to save him. Maybe he carries that guilt with him still, especially after everything with uh, after what happened with Harry. And all that happens is that they, you know, he gets stabbed by him and they basically just look at each other like, oh, what's up? There are behind-the-scenes photos of Toby and Defoe fighting. Yes. And if that is not in the extended cut, I'm just going to say, fuck you. <laughs> because that is... It's so important. I, I think that's such an important moment. And if you... Because I don't think there's ever really been an extended cut for an MCU movie, to my knowledge. And so far, no. But then again, I think the difference is this is also a Sony project. So Sony is pretty good with releasing like extended cuts of, well, except for um, Andrew's movies. But like for most of, for pretty much most of like uh, Toby's movies, there have been like the 2.1s, if you will, for those movies. 
um, or the th- yeah the point ones. Did you ever see extended the, cuts? Did you ever see the uh, editor's cut for Spider-Man Three? I surprisingly have not. Um, I oh. hear I'm not missing much. There's a like it. It doesn't fix everything, but it right. uh, it definitely uh, it improves on some uh, complaints that uh, that a lot of people have had. And and I don't know. Like I need to, I need to watch it again. But yeah, no, I I remember uh, really liking the. Uh, uh, all the additions that they that they included there because i'm looking i'm not sure what else i'm really looking forward to in terms of the extended cut i mean I'm, i hear there's more charlie cox so i'm all for that but i definitely agree obviously tom is out for blood wanting to kill norman yeah. um but the truth of the but like so they're at that point when so they have that big fist fight right by the way willem said he would only come back if he got to do his own stunts to which i'm like Oh, he came back for the movie, all right, to which I'm like, there is no way in fucking hell God, I, you did I, your own stunts. There is no way you did. How old are you? You're in your 60s? No fucking way. <laughs> I, you know, Willem Dafoe is a crazy dedicated motherfucker, so. I mean, yes, I would but... not be, I doubt that he did, but if it turned out he did, I would not be surprised in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> You know what? You, I don't know if you knew this. Fun fact: Tobey Maguire, when he shot No Way Home, was the same age as Willem Dafoe when they shot the first Damn. Spider-Man. Oof, that's crazy. I know, right? That is so interesting. Um, but yeah, I like how what I was getting at is like I like how in that moment when Tom's about to kill Norman, like Tom. I mean, Toby really just steps in is like. This isn't what we, without any words, he just keeps him from using the glider to stab Norman, basically repeating history um, or repeating fate. And he's basically like trying to tell him without using any words, this isn't how we do things. And he just slowly sets it down. Well, plus, uh, plus earlier, you know, on the, on the rooftop, Toby said that, you know, I, I got my revenge, you know, like I hunted down the guy, the guy who killed uncle Ben. I got what I wanted and it, it didn't help. And, mm-hmm. and it felt like in that moment he was reminding, uh, reminding Tom of, of that without, without saying it, you know, he just said it with his eyes. And I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Like this, it really felt like, an incredibly respectful passing of the torch mm. uh, where both uh, Toby and Andrew uh, try to uh, pass on to Tom, you know, the mistakes that they've, that they've made along the way uh, through their character arcs. And they're just trying to warn him like, Hey, watch out for this, you know, like this, it'll, uh, it'll save you a lot of, you know, learn, learn from our mistakes and I think in uh, both uh, both regards, uh, you know, because Andrew's like trying to you know tell him like you know I got I got rageful and vengeful after Gwen died, and Toby's you know like I just said was saying that you know I I killed the guy who uh, who I thought killed my uncle and it didn't help, and because that could have been. Uh, it's a powerful message, but it's even more powerful by 
just Toby being a good actor and just saying it with his eyes. Absolutely. And I I definitely absolutely agree with that. Um, because, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot that you can convey in just facial expressions. And in that moment alone, just in that look, he's telling him, remember, you don't want to go down this path. And as a result, um, Tom loses that inhibition to kill. And it does lead to, unfortunately, Toby getting stabbed in the back, literally. It's all right. After, after Andrew just fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of Andrew, so this leads to the big crowd pleaser. So after Doctor Strange's MacGuffin gets blown up by the pumpkin bomb, and after the big, after the Statue of Liberty, like, kids, blows up. Kids, Spider-Man, come out <laughs> to play. <laughs> I love that. Like, Yes. Well, no, what I love about that is you see the look on, going back to facial expressions, you see the look on Toby's face when he realizes, no, he's here. Uh, um, he just realizes what's about to happen. But like, he's so here, after everything but blows I'm not up, acknowledge it. <laughs> so he, after everything blows up, like Zendaya or MJ falls, Tom goes after her, but is intercepted by the goblin. It looks like everything's all lost. Andrew. He's like, no, jumps, jumps, catches her, then shoots the web, and then they land safely. It is a nice, it is a very spiritual redemption of what happened to Gwen. Yeah, it, it actually, when, uh, when Gwen died in Amazing Spider-Man 2, I, I always felt that Andrew's performance in that scene was incredible, but it felt like a... It felt very uh, forced, and yeah, I, I don't know. It just never uh, like it, it. It was trying to have that big moment, but I think it blew up in its in the in the movie's face. And with this, uh, with this extra context behind it now, I think it uh, retroactively adds weight to that moment. Absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, and I think uh, the best way to uh, to bring uh, characters like this back is to you know not only catch up with them but also to essentially uh, like when you go back and watch the earlier stuff, you're able to have an enhanced experience. Oh yeah, and which I. I actually haven't watched any of the uh, any of the Spider-Man movies uh, since. Oh, I mean, probably with the exception of Spider-Man Two, because I watch that at least like once every six months. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so. It's, it, no, because, it is a fantastic movie, it's but the like, goddamn best. <laughs> uh, By the way, so speaking of Spider-Man Two, that is a um, when. Doc Ock and Toby reunite for the first time. Oh my movie. god! That that was the uh, that was one of the moments in the theater that that just got me. And well, did you know that line that Toby delivers, trying to be better, is actually a callback to what he, Spider-Man too. Yeah, yeah. I love that, and it's uh, like I, I remember reading this a uh, YouTube comment um, when it was still in theaters. Uh, someone you know had handy cam footage and uh recorded that scene and 
they uh, they pointed out that you know when Doc Ock says like you're all grown up, you know felt like felt like uh, talking to talking to us in a way. Yeah, and <clears throat> no, I agree that uh, that hit that hit home, man. Especially you know because I I make I make no secret about it. Spider Man Two is my favorite superhero movie ever, even after all the MCU movies. Uh, you know the ones that I actually do like because uh, I'm very indifferent on it as a whole. But with all the superhero movies that have come out since two thousand, since Spider-Man two in two thousand four, they've never been able. Uh, I've never seen a superhero movie to just hit me on the level that that it did. And mm-hmm. just seeing those two characters like on uh, well. Actually, I doubt that they were actually on set together. I guarantee, like, they, yeah, during COVID, yeah. yeah. Uh, but either way, it's just such yeah, a no, great yeah. heartfelt moment. Yeah. Re- regardless, it it was a very it was a quick but very nice little moment, and I just wish something like that could have been done with Willem fucking Defoe and Toby. <laughs> god damn it! Oh my god. Um. I'm surprised more. I'm surprised more people don't complain about that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Going back to Andrew, I, I love how like after after he catches MJ, he's like, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'm okay." And you can see the look on his face of like, he's at peace, but he still feels he still feels very broken by Andrew the fact Garfield. That he's that guy's such a good fucking actor. Can I just so here's so I think Andrew stole the show every time he showed up on screen oh yeah no like this uh because i was always very indifferent on him uh for his portrayal just because i was just never a fan of of the movies themselves but there was always that part of me that wondered you know if he just had better material to work with and he finally got that better material and i'm able to fully see like Wow, you really were a perfect choice, and I'm sorry that you had to endure what you had what you had to put up with in order for a lot of people to really recognize that. Yeah, the because uh, I remember the like right right when it came out, there was like immediate demand to do an Amazing Spider-Man three. Which, by the way, I I don't know if that will happen, but they could easily do both Amazing Spider-Man 3 and a Spider-Man 4 if they wanted to. Yeah. I mean, Toby Toby's left it open for him to kind of say, yeah, I can come back maybe if well, on, honestly, right. Honestly, like, I, was all, I always thought it'd be great to have a Spider-Man 4, but th- it felt like this was enough. I'm okay with that, yeah. Yeah, and I would be perfectly content if Toby never came back. Yeah, I'm okay with that. It felt like, you know, just just to know he's doing all right. He, you know, he's still still Spider-Man. Happy life with MJ. He's, uh, you know, you can tell that he's the same guy but you definitely feel that the um 
you definitely feel the weight of the years of experience with him. But mm-hmm. yeah, just to just to check in on him, just to be like, "You're doing good, man." All right, cool. It was great to see you. Although I do agree, although I do think that they left. I like how they leave things ambiguous. Toby leaves things ambiguous as to say it. There is a potential to continue his story. I mean, if they now, if they good. do, I mean, if they do decide to make it, fuck yeah, I'm of course I'm there. Only if Sam Raimi comes back. And I think that's the well, only I mean, way. He, I think that's the only way Toby would commit to a full solo movie too. Well, I mean. Sam Raimi did come back, and unfortunately, uh, Multiverse of Madness was uh, not so great. So, oh well, I'll. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, I know. I know how Jeff feels about that movie. I, I, I'm okay how with the it. Fuck, but... you don't have Toby being there. Yeah, you have Sam Raimi, and Toby just came back. God damn it! It's all right. Bruce Campbell was in it, and that was my. Fa- and I was the only one in my theater who jumped for joy uh, when. Bruce Campbell showed up in his cameo for Multiverse of Madness and like, yeah, Bruce Campbell! And everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, I got a much stranger reaction because I shouted, Dad! <laughs> There's a long story that goes with that, but no, uh, Bruce Campbell... That is a, uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, anyone who knows us, uh, yeah. There's a, there's a little inside joke there. Yeah, long story short, not, not actually father and son but the joke is great it's never this. it's never been disproven <laughs> so have I mean, you I seen like this how... chin <laughs> jesus christ so i mean i like how the movie overall ends like so peter basically tells dr strange to basically cast a new spell so that everyone in the mcu will forget who peter is but that keeps all the other everyone from crossing over and so the merging of the of the universes as you will unfortunately um Everyone now forgets. Peter is going to try to attempt to get Zen, um, MJ and Ned to remember, but he decides they already seem pretty happy in their lives, and he's not going to interfere. Um, he goes to see Aunt May at her grave. Happy shows up to see Peter. I mean, to see the grave. And I forget exactly what they talk about, but basically what hope, what Happy says inspires Peter to, like, continue being a superhero um and then it leads into like peter get into his apartment by the way i am the only one in my th- god damn it how could they not have mr dickovich <laughs> i am the only one in my theater who was like uh when they when the guy's like rent's due first of the month don't be late and i'm like in my head i was just thinking rent you get your right when you fix this damn door <laughs> but I, I but like what i like is that like now we have a peter who is independent He's decided that he's going to do things his own way. He makes a brand new costume out of scratch that is clearly inspired by Toby and Andrew. Um, It's very blue and red shiny. And then he jumps out into the night, web swings, um, and it's a fantastic final swing. Something ripped out of like the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games. Um, And then you get the credits with... uh, Three is the magic number, but I think, uh, oh shit, uh, De La Soul, yeah, De La Soul, I think is the is the group, um, good group by the way. But um, there is a mid credit scene, and oh uh, god, nope, it sounds like Jeff does not want to acknowledge that scene. Um, I mean, all all right, Venom, I think is hot trash. I never even bothered with with the second <laughs> one because it just looked like more of the same generic shit. 
Uh-huh. And when, uh, but I heard about the uh, cre- uh, post-credit scene in Venom 2, and, and I thought, all right, that, that could be kind of interesting. And then they just immediately piss away that, that potential. <laughs> and so I'm just like, oh, fuck off. But basically, like, like it, Tom it, Hardy's... It made, it made the Venom, uh, Venom movies feel even more pointless than they already do. Because <laughs> I, I think that Sony is just doing what DC did for, you know, at, at first. Just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what's stuck. And because I, I don't think there's uh, much fan demand for Morbius 2. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, yes, I definitely agree. Um, I don't know what they're thinking. I haven't seen Morbius, but I'm I'm definitely in agreement with Jeff on that part. Um, it's okay. No one did. No. <laughs> but basically, like, so basically, he was the fifth villain or the sixth villain. But Venom in his movies is more of an antihero. But basically, he's just trying to figure out like what the hell is going on in his universe, and then he gets teleported back to his universe, and then like a bit of the symbiote is left, and so we now it looks like we might get a true official symbiote story in the MCU. And then they just leave it to that. And then the post credits, it's Spider-Man just ver- for multiverse Spider-Man versus the random bartender. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait. So what? Oh yeah. Like I, I wanted to, uh, wanted to also yeah, drive, drive in one point. I love that cafe scene so fucking much when he, when he finally comes to terms you know, making that hard decision right there that, you know, I, I need to let them go. And I feel like that's when he truly took on the, uh, the essence of great power comes great responsibility. Yes. I definitely wholeheartedly agree. He's about to, you know, like he had it, had it all written down was trying to rehearse it and was going to tell MJ, but without saying much, you know, just able to kind of convey that, you know, they're, uh, they're better off without me in the picture. And if they, uh, and honestly it ends in a way where I would be really interested to see how he picks up his life going forward. I, I don't think, I mean, I know they will because, there's like a like social media obsession with with them as a real life couple so of course they're gonna get back together in the next movie i don't know i'm actually i'm i actually wouldn't be surprised if that doesn't happen like they actually try and focus on a different love interest for peter that's what i think they should do and if they do then respect but um i don't know i the mcu is very guilty of making creatively bold choices that i respect and then then almost immediately backtrack in the next movie you also have to remember this is also a sony project so yeah you have to take that in account as well so anything's up in the air at this point but i mean yeah if they but if they also if this was tom holland's last movie i think this would be a perfect ending as well so either way like i I'm at least if they decide to continue, yeah, I I want to see what they do with it. They I'm officially on board because I finally care about this version of Peter Parker. Uh, but if they don't, 
then I think it's a beautiful swan swan song and because this movie is essentially a it's like 20 years of history rolled into into one when you really think about it yeah and it's uh if it, it felt like the ultimate uh ultimate celebration i would say so yeah i could going forward i i could take either or well i mean the movie did make over a billion dollars at the box office and that's impressive for a pandemic movie so far um the only other movie to do that is top gun maverick which is another fantastic movie that i'm pretty sure we'll talk about at some point um but yeah i i think it was pretty much confirmed afterwards that a fourth movie is going to happen with tom uh no word on when it will happen because i mean obviously marvel revealed their phases uh, their plans for phase five and six but spider-man wasn't in there because it's a sony it's also a sony movie so once sony has something for marvel then they're going to pro then they're going to work on it but for now i agree with jeff i like where they ended things um i'm okay if they don't do a for spider-man movie but pretty sure after the money it made they're gonna be like oh we're making a fourth one all right well also at the time spider-man 3 was the highest grossing uh was also like the highest grossing movie out of all three. Oh, that's right yeah um so who the fuck knows i mean anything is up and anything is up for grabs at this point so i'm very curious to see what what happens going forward but i think overall it's pretty clear jeff and i are definitely all for this movie yeah, so I, as someone who's, uh, like, who was on board with, with the MCU during the Infinity Saga, but post-Endgame, I couldn't give less of a shit, even after looking at the Phase 5 and 6 lineup, I care even less, and this was just so wonderful to see. Yeah, this is definitely the best of the MC- of the. F- fourth phase for sure oh yeah and if uh so pretty much like i could if we had to indulge all that other i was gonna call it shit but i know a lot of people like it uh material i'll (laughs) leave it at that uh to get uh to get the diamond in the rough worth it yeah no i I definitely agree this is so as i said in the beginning like this is uh, i never really cared for like spider-man the mcu because i felt like it wasn't true spider-man but because of this movie i'll be watching this movie a lot more because it definitely redeems tom holland the spider-man in in the mcu for me and it definitely feels like a proper true spider-man movie in that universe like it it feels like a proper spider-man story overall in general like it is up the, i mean obviously spider-man 2 i agree is still the best spider-man movie and also one of the best superhero movies ever made this is pretty close up there i would still say spider-man 2 spider-man 1 and into the spider-verse are still the top three spider-man movies but um spider-man no way home is right after those four movies oh yeah sure. i mean like if like i i know a lot of people who say you know that this one's their their favorite and you know i'm i can totally see why it's a totally valid argument because as 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 we pointed out it is a true celebration of spider-man in cinema 
in general and it works like if you want nostalgia done right this is it especially for a superhero movie and i feel like john watts the director and um kevin fahey especially tom andrew and toby have delivered something very special and i'm glad that we finally have a spider-man movie to go back to that i feel like a lot of people will definitely watch all over again it definitely probably elevates the other the previous two a lot better for some people but this is the movie i will probably be watching more than those other oh two, absolutely but. so i i actually really want to uh i want to rewatch all the spider-man movies like do the raimi trilogy amazing spider-man one and two and then uh than the the home trilogy and okay i have an idea for those if you want to talk about it afterwards Uh oh no no no, i have a good (laughs) god damn it all right well everybody uh thanks a lot for watching our comeback if you will uh for two nerd skis and a podcast be sure to follow us on instagram at tnapcast that's t-n-a-a-p-c-a-s-t uh Subscribe here to the YouTube channel because we can finally do audio and video, visual shit. And, of course, we'll still be on uh, uh, any streaming ser- – I mean any uh, <laughs> like uh, audio services that uh, we're on, like primarily uh, Apple and uh, Spotify. But everybody, we're back. We're going to do some more. Who knows what we got upcoming next. But until then, this is Eric. And this is Jeff. And you know you missed our voices. And I'm just going to say – Take on this. Oh boy, yeah. Stay shiny, everybody. Have a good one. Next level, next level, next level, next level.